growing up the way that I did, wanting to be perfect, my sister and I were overweight. We would be called Bertha Butt. I had those teachers tell me that I wasn't good enough. My medical records is the way that they described me. Depressed, fearful, frightened, angry, helpless, hopeless, depressed, worthless, detached. And now I'm speaking to like 800 of you. And I'm not patting myself on the back, I'm really not. Our experiences, both good and bad, make us who we are. For me, a very important one was my stay in the mental hospital. I'm not embarrassed, it's my story, and it's the story that brought me to send you a long distance hug every single week. So welcome friends to the podcast closet, bringing you today's episode of Consider Yourself Hugged, number 48, today's hug, do you really want someone's behavior to change. I am Dr. Tammy West here every week, bringing you tips to live a life that will bring you mental and emotional well-being. So this might be a little bit strange. If you're listening, you may not hear much of a difference. Um, Nothing super different about today, but today is different because I have decided to record, like video record, from the podcast closet, one of my favorite places in the entire world. And so I, yep, I'm sitting on the floor. I have my pillows around me. Um, I'm surrounded by clothes and shoes, but I did put, I feel like a, a weather person trying to figure out where everything is. I put that on the wall. Somebody gave that to me, like Tammy, um, if you're listening, this is what you gave. And it says, It says, we rise by lifting others. So I love that. And then the only other thing I could find to put on the wall at this very moment was the wreath. So I am recording. And if you're watching, you'll probably notice some weirdness because I'm trying to like get the the video thing set up. Nothing fancy, obviously. I don't know. I don't know if this is something that you guys are going to like or not, but I'll put the link to my YouTube channel. So if you are following me and you just think, I wonder what that podcast closet looks like, except for, you know, pictures I've posted, like we're actually in the podcast closet. So we'll see how that goes. I hope it's wonderful. And if it is, it's something I'll keep doing. So you guys let me know, you know, say something on the show notes. I would appreciate that. So I will be glancing. Like sometimes it's hard for me to know if I'm supposed to look at myself or there. I already see that I have like the whites in my eyes. My photography, photographer, videographer, husband would be just like, (gasps) I can't believe you're doing it in that light, but it's okay. We'll be fine. So we are going to talk today. It was kind of a strange question, right? Do you really want someone's behavior to change? And you're, you're probably thinking like if you have someone in your world right now, who's kind of driving you nuts and you're thinking, uh, yes. So that's what I want you to do first is think of someone who has some type of obnoxious behavior, behavior that you want to change. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a coworker. You know what I mean? You know, this person, we we vent about them to each other. We try to get together. We, we try to, or we do get together and we try to figure it out. You know, it could be a behavior of something that they do or don't do something that they say or don't say, whatever it is, think of someone. Okay. Now, if you're with somebody, don't like blurt the person's names out loud, but do you have a name or a behavior? (coughs) Okay, great. So I'm going to just sort of go through a generic scenario, but as I'm talking, you should replace your person in your mind so that you can follow through this whole time as to what I'm trying to get you to figure out here. So here's the situation. We've all experienced it. You go to work 
<laughs> again, you could substitute family dinner, church, whatever it is. You start your morning, you grab some coffee and you chat with a couple of coworkers and the conversation eventually lands on that person, her or him. So there's one or two other people in what you're, I'll call your little, sorry for the air quotes, support group. And let's say you're the one who's sharing the war story of what this person did. And you're all sipping coffee and you're nodding. Um, eyes are rolling and there's that, mm-hmm, yeah. And you don't even realize it, but you're all like leaning into this conversation, right? You might be, you might be touching. Okay. Not weirdly. And you might not be touching at all, but I mean, you're, you're leaning in, you're sipping coffee or drinking water or whatever, and you don't even realize it, but you're like physically and, and mentally and emotionally bonding over this. So let's analyze this way common scenario. Okay. So are you with me? You've got a person that everybody has in common. There's something going on and none of us, none of us like it. Okay. So you're the person venting right now. And let's even say, let's even say that you are super self-aware. You read books and you take classes and you try to grow and learn and you're a self-aware kind of person. You know, you think deeply about problems. You try to figure things out. This this thinking business is what I talk about all the time. In fact, I think I did an episode about it. It's so funny now that we're into episode 48. I am now beginning to forget exactly what I've talked about over the past year. So you can sure send me a note or write on the blog comments. You know, you've already talked about this. I think I might have talked about what we're talking about now just like a little bit, but today we're doing it the whole time. So this thinking business is is really important. So let's say that partway into this conversation, you're doing what you do and trying to think differently. And so you say something like, I'm really, I'm hoping, I'm praying that, that he will see how hard this is for all of us, you know, like I'm, I'm really believing that he can change. And, and I know he's probably doing the best that he can. I realize I have issues too, and that I'm not perfect. I probably upset up other people. It makes me feel really bad to talk to, to him or talk about him behind his back. You know, those kinds of things. So maybe you don't say all of those things that I just said. That would be weird if you like rattled them all off. But you're trying to be a good person. You're trying, right? You're trying to to look at the good side, look at it positively. Let's skip forward a few days. Same morning routine. One of the men in your forgive again, little support group says, you know what? I've been thinking about what you said the other day, because remember you just said, oh, I'm praying and, and maybe he will change, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure he's doing the best he can. So this this man in your little support group says, I've been thinking about what you said and you, you're so right. I'm sure he is doing the best he can. So I invited him to lunch and we went and it actually went really well. We had a great lunch. I think we were right. I think he's doing the best he can. I think he's trying. Um, I, I, I just think that this is something, if, if I can do this more often, it might really have an effect. And your group all says the appropriate things like, oh, that's so great. I'm so happy. That's so wonderful. We all need to try harder. Yes, I think we should do this. It'll get better. Yay. And then you part ways. So know that what I'm going to say next comes from my own self-reflection. It comes from my own attempt to grow and be a better person because I haven't really heard anybody talk about what I'm going to say to you. 
So I hope that it's not just like some personal character flaw and I'm the only person that thinks this way or feel this way. And you think, oh my gosh, you really suck as a person. Why am I listening to your podcast? I hope that's not it at all. So here it is. So when someone in your support group um, puts effort into someone that you've put a ton of effort into disliking, when they say that this disliked person might be okay, you know, they might be growing, when it looks like this disliked person might come into your fold, it feels weird. There's just this part of you that I can't even really put a name to it, but it's, if you can hear me or if you're watching, you can see me. It's sort of a, I don't know. It's like this catch that you get. Now, this situation that I just sort of went through that was generic, it really is based on a boss that I had years ago. And we did, like we had, I guess what would have been called, I'm dating myself, but water cooler conversations. I mean, we would probably weekly, maybe sometimes daily, we would come together and, oh my gosh, and this happened yesterday and he did this and he said this and, oh, the eyes and the huffs. And so this was, this was a real situation with the boss. The, the lunch thing really happened. Like that person came in and said, oh, I had, I had lunch with him and I really do think that he is doing the best he can. And we were all like, hooray, hooray. I never talked to anybody after walking away, but it just kind of felt weird. Now, of course, there are more current situations, but do you think I'm going to talk about current situations? No, I'm not going to talk about current situations. But this person, this boss, it's been a long time ago, was brutal. So why does it feel weird? You've spent all this effort thinking about this situation with this person, this obnoxious behavior, whether it's being um, disrespectful, whatever that means to you, being brutal in their language, not caring, um, saying obnoxious things, not pulling their weight, whatever it is, you've, you've been dealing th with this for a long time. Your coworkers or your family, your friends, whatever that group is, you've been dealing with this for a long time. And then suddenly it looks like they've done all these bad things and now they might just come back into the fold, just boom, out of the blue. And it feels weird. Like, why doesn't it feel weird? Why don't we always jump for joy? I have four things that I think are reasons that it feels weird and reasons that sometimes even though we say we hope that someone will change, we don't always really mean it. And I don't mean we don't mean it intentionally, but there's this weird part of us that is fine if it just keeps going on. So let's just look quickly at these four things. Number one, it's not fair. Okay, it's not fair. That person has been doing these terrible things. They've terrorized the group. They've made their mark on everybody in a negative way. They do this behavior all the time. And then we're just all going to act like nothing ever happened and bring them right into the fold. It's not fair. And there's this part of us that wants life to be fair. We want people to get what they deserve. So I will throw in right now, thank goodness we don't get what we deserve because most of us would deserve far worse than we've gotten. I'm not talking about personal trauma that you've been through, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, many of us don't get what we deserve. So number one, it's just not fair and that doesn't always feel good. Number two, it takes away our moral high ground. And I know I've talked about this at some point, but I think it's worth mentioning again. I think I talked about it in the episode about McDonald's, which I'll put a link to that too. So these are kind of related. So we've spent all this time and effort bonding 
over this person's behavior, forming this, this relationship. And it gives us this moral high ground, right? Like this person is doing this terrible thing, but we all are good people. We're good people. Number one, because our behavior isn't nearly as bad as this other person's. We're doing good things. This person is terrible. Our behavior is much better. So we're bonding together over that. So that's one reason we have the moral high ground. Um, The second reason we have the moral high ground is because we're saying things like, oh my goodness, I sure pray that he or she changes. I I really think he's doing the best he can. Wow. And if you're in the South, you might even have throw in a bless her heart. That gives us the moral high ground, right? We're good people. So that person is suddenly now in our fold, then it takes away that part of me that feels good about myself, at least in that situation. And that's kind of a bummer. We all like things that make us feel good about ourselves, that sort of give us a a moral high ground and, and bump us up and elevate us just a little bit. And that takes that away. So that's number two. Number three, it forces us to stretch and grow and learn. Now I have to figure this out. Now I have to figure out how to think differently. Now I have to figure out how this is going to work with this person. Now I have to figure out what we're going to talk about now that we are sort of outside of this. I have to I have to stretch. I have to grow. I have to figure out, is my self-esteem suffering? Am I still a good person? Like, who am I now? So it does. It forces me to stretch, and that's not always uncomfortable. And closely related, that is number four. It changes the relationship with the group. And I, I really, I hope that you'll pay attention to this as you go back out into the world after listening or watching the podcast and you have a situation where something's bothering you and you want change and change is coming and how it makes you feel weird. Now I have a different relationship with this group. And I've had this happen more recently, even with friendships, like We formed a friendship over a difficult situation with a person. We talked about it all the time, talked about it all the time. And look, I'm I'm not saying we shouldn't vent with other people. We shouldn't problem solve with other people. What I'm saying here is this is the basis of the relationship that we formed with this person or this group. So that has happened to me more recently, and I'm sure it's happened to you too. So we formed this relationship over our mutual pain with this situation And then if it goes away, what is my relationship with you now? What is my relationship with this little support group we formed every morning when we come in and we have coffee and we talk about this person? Now, I know we may talk about other things, but this is the thing that makes us stand up and really lean into the conversation. I mean, really think about it. You get together in the morning with these people. Again, make your own situation in your brain, but you get together in the morning, you all grab your coffee, you start talking. Maybe you talk about what you did this weekend, you watched a movie, you worked, you cleaned, whatever. And then somebody says, hey, so what about X, O, Y, Z? And everybody's like, and then it just changes the relationship because now we're bonding and we're together. What do we talk about if that goes away? What is our relationship now? So these are the four reasons I think that it's kind of weird. We get that weird feeling when things are changing. Um, I want to talk about a story in the Bible called the prodigal son, and I'm, I'm going to read part of it here in just a minute. And it comes out of Luke chapter 15. I'm not going to read the whole, it's a parable of the lost son. Um, I'm going to read, so it's in chapter 15, and I'm going to read verses 20 through 
31, I think is where I decided. I just figured I'd paraphrase the background. So there's a couple of sons. Um, the younger son decided to take his inheritance early. He blew it, had a great time, had a party life, while the older one stayed home to be the working, respectful, dutiful son, right? The moral high ground, I'm doing the right thing. Well, it came a point where the son spends all the money and he realizes he's going to have to go home and beg forgiveness. So I'm going to start in verse 20. And I'll put a link to this too if, if you want to read it um, on one of the Bible uh, websites. So the son, the younger son, he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead, and he's alive again. He was lost, and he was found. So they began to celebrate. Can you imagine? Celebrate? Anyway, verse 28. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. Can you imagine? He's out there working away. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing, so he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and now he's found. <sighs> Can you just imagine the younger son, he squandered his money. He spent it all. He lived a wild life. The older son was responsible. He stayed home. He worked. He did his duty. And I have to imagine that during that separation point, there were conversations like, well, you know, between, I don't know, the servants and the son and the father, well, I hope that boy gets his act together. You know, maybe he's going to be okay. Maybe he'll come to his senses. I'm sure that he will. We'll pray for him. We hope he comes back. I'm just, I'm, I'm creating that. I'm, that's not anywhere in the Bible, but I have to imagine that there were conversations. But when he did, when he did come back, at least for the brother, number one, it wasn't fair. Number two, he lost his moral high ground. Number three, he had to stretch and grow and figure out how to deal with this. It's his brother. How am I going to move forward with this? And number four, he had to figure out what's my relationship now in this group. I've always been the dutiful one. I've always been the one who was here. And now this guy's back. How do I live that way? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, how do I live that life? And I guess this is really closely tied with forgiveness, a topic for another day. I don't remember, as I said earlier, if I've done one on forgiveness, but if, if I did, I'll, I'll put one in here. But you can see how those things are closely tied. Today, I wanted you to have a deeper, deeper level of self-awareness when it comes to others changing behavior in your world. Listen, it takes 
it takes confidence, right, on your part to embrace someone else changing, especially when it affects you and your fold. It takes great self-esteem. I'll post links because I've I think I've talked about like self-esteem and and I've probably even posted the links before, but I'll post them now. It takes great self-esteem to do that. And it takes commitment. It takes commitment to self-awareness and growth. And so I hope this helps you with all of those things. And sadly, that's our time for today. Um, I'll hope I really do hope that you'll keep this in mind as you sorry for the quotes again, hope and pray that someone will change. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be awesome to like really hope and pray for change in others and in ourselves, by the way. And we know that that always needs to happen. And then we celebrate it when it happens because we are confident enough to do that. Oh, happy day. Such a happy day. I I hope that you'll keep these things in mind. As always, please pass the show link along to a friend or two. Subscribe, download, leave comments, review wherever you are listening. Also on my blog, I love to see comments. Head on over to my website, TammyWest.com, to get information if you would like for me to speak at your next event. I also have um, things on there. I've told you about the personal coaching that I'm starting, so check that out. The show notes will be there with the promise links. I would love for you to follow me on Facebook, my primary social media home, um, facebook.com slash Tammy West Seminars. But my husband reminded me today I need to do more on other things like Instagram. So I'm going to try that. And this, of course, will be on YouTube. So I will put that link there as well. Thank you so much for listening growing our special community, supporting me on YouTube, all of the things. I hope that you will let me know if there are topics that you would like to hear more about and just, you know, stay in touch in general. I want to help you with your mental and emotional well-being. So until our next time together, I pray each day you remember to love, to serve, to feel worthy, to grow, to connect, to change, and to be the best person you can be for yourself and for those other humans in your world. And until next time, consider yourself happy.